Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today, everybody. We're just, uh, I'm, I'm actually, uh, we're streaming from a secret location and uh, just want to enjoy the day in the Lord, praising Him and worshiping Him. So with you, um, we're joining our spirits and our minds together in one accord and uh, just corporately coming together and praising Him. Why don't we um, thank the Lord for the day? God, yeah. we just want to give you praise and thank you for all the day and for every day because you said every day is good. We, uh, we worship you today, Lord, with everything in our spirits. And we just want this to be a, a special fragrance to you today. That you would just breathe in our prayers. That you would breathe in, Lord, everything that we can send you. Which is really only a reflection of you in the first place. But, but be with us um, and minister to us about how we worship. And about where we're worshiping. And how we really, Lord, are, you're with us always. So we want our awareness to be increased. We want to just be more, more set on thinking of you, more set on knowing. Lord, a mindset of knowing that we're never alone. And uh, as we enter together, just, Lord, dance around us. Just whatever you want to do, we just want to give you this time. And we worship you, Father. We praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for stopping by. Join us while we come into the presence of the Lord with so much to be thankful for. Keep in mind the password through the gates is praise. Wherever you are is where church begins because you are the church and he is worthy to be praised. So let's celebrate together in the spirit in heavenly places with God. Lift your hands and shout, praise the Lord. If you've never visited us, well, we welcome you with virtual open arms from all of us at New Beginnings Fellowship of Faith. We invite you to connect through Facebook, YouTube, or our website, nbffav.org. Drop us a prayer request or a praise report. If you want to give, you can do that. Text GIVE to 661-384-8448 or go to our website, nbffav.org, and click on the donate button. Hey, and remember, just because we can't get together physically doesn't mean you're alone. We love you, and the Lord loves you. Thanks for having church with us today. So grab something good to drink, get comfortable, and let's hear some word. So today, um, oh, oh, and Lord, don't let me forget any unspoken prayers that anybody has. We're all agreeing together, Lord. We're teaming together to be uh, partners in agreement that you are ministering, that you are touching those areas and answering prayer for anything that's not mentioned, anything we haven't said. Um, and that's unspoken, but we thank you for your outcome and your will being done 
in Jesus name amen okay all right I feel better about that now <laughs> gotta get that out gotta make sure we we say what we what we mean and mean what we say amen we're we're gonna go into a, a series about victory and um, it, it's really about our journey and uh, and I guess over the last couple of months um, this just stimulated something in my spirit and it's something that I've talked on before but at the same time it's it hasn't been explored as much as it could be and um, I just want us all to uh, as we're resetting as we're rethinking things let's just you know have an opportunity to um, check out our and where we're at let's check our dashboards how about that we talked last week about the great opportunity that we have when trials and temptation come and in in crisis and things like that and um in talking about all that the reality of it is the opportunity to find the joy that god has hidden in it and that joy is our strength. It's proof um, in a time of trial what's real. And so faith is actually that reality. And so we want to touch on that today. We're going to talk about finding every opportunity uh, and finding every opportunity is a key to success. Today we're talking about keys to a victorious journey. We're on a journey in the Lord and um, we know what the destination is. Praise the Lord. We know where we're going, where we're headed. And in that journey, we can reach places in him that maybe we didn't even know about glory to God and so we want to we want to do that we want I'm having issues here there we go there we go okay we want to do that we, we want to get to where we're supposed to go in him amen so let's talk about that journey Let's talk about what the keys to this journey are. Amen. I want to start and begin uh, in the book of, well, first of all, I want to make a statement. Um, oops. Here's my statement. Stress leads you to believe that everything has to be and to happen like right now. A lot of times we find ourselves stressed just by a suggestion and it hasn't even occurred. All it is is an argument or an imagination and we're already stressing over something that hasn't even happened. So as we're checking our dashboards, this is a time that we need to acknowledge what is triggering us I'm going to put that back up but what's triggering us 
and why. I, I always find that evaluation is helpful because it helps me to see the wisdom of God. It helps me to dive deeper into that wisdom and to understand uh, where God, what God is wanting me to see. And we talked last week about how trials and temptations and stuff, they reveal things. They reveal where we are. They reveal who we are. They also reveal where we're going and who we want to be. And so as we're on this journey, you know, we're going to, as believers, we're going to call it a victorious journey because that's what our Father calls it. He never said in His Word that we're on a failure destination and, and it's, you know, evidently, it's uh, evitable, inevitable, I should say, that we're just going to bomb and end up losers and He'll have to come rescue us. He already did that. <laughs> he already rescued us. Now... We're a, a new race, and it's not in our DNA as this new race of people to fail. It's in our thinking sometimes because it's what we learned before we were transformed, before this metamorphosis happened in our lives. And so what we want to do is, again, reset and reprogram. So as we're on this journey... We want to be able to point out and, and to realize what leads to stress. Well, stress, like, we, like I said, stress leads you to believe that everything has to happen right now. It's like you're, you're totally under pressure and there's nothing you can do. You have no control. And it really points out the fact that you're acting powerless, which means you're a person of power. So where is your power? If you're responding powerlessly to a situation, that tells me you've yielded your power to someone or something. Now, faith assures you that everything is happening in God's perfect time. Amen? So what you have to know is that when you're walking in faith, God goes before you. He's on your sides. He's behind you. He's in you. Everything that's happening is happening in his perfect timing. When you've yielded to him and you're seeking his will in everything that you do. Now, this particular knowledge is a key. All right, so we're talking about keys. We're talking about um, keys to a victorious journey. And so we're going to be looking today for various keys. And one of those keys is this knowledge. And that is faith assures you that everything is happening in God's perfect time. He doesn't. He's never late. He's not early. He has perfect, perfect time. Now, if we look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, it says, I, this is Jesus talking, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, 
And whatever you bind, which means you declare to be improper and unlawful, whatever you bind on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, what you declare to be lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. Now, taking that into consideration, I want us to look at what Jesus said um, when he was talking to the disciples. And mind you, I want to let you know that I don't find anywhere else in the gospel where the disciples actually asked him for anything except to know how to pray. And so he told them. He told them exactly how to pray. And one of the things he said was, you know, Father, you know, begin your prayer and, and start. Father, holy, holy, holy. Holy is your name. Holy. And then it, he says, declare his kingdom. Dis declare God's reign. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So taking that prayer into consideration and taking this verse into consideration that he will give us king keys to the kingdom of heaven we have to identify what's in heaven and realize that whatever rules in heaven can rule here right here in our presence whatever is not permitted in heaven doesn't have to be permitted here in fact we should not tolerate whatever is not permitted to function in heaven we don't have to tolerate its function here because we're saying your kingdom come lord heaven right here your kingdom's domain right here in my life right now i submit to it and subdue my life in your kingdom with your kingdom in jesus name in both the old and the new testaments keys were they symbolized power and they symbolized authority and the nature of that power and authority varies depending on the context so as we go along we'll see what the context is saying and what what he's bringing before us now what we want to know is or what we want to um, talk about is okay let me just back up and just say i'm going to say a lot of things that are elementary really and and they're simple um maybe we know them maybe you've never heard this before maybe this is all new to you maybe you're a veteran and you've heard this a thousand times i don't know but i always like to start and never miss a little jot or a little period or a little comma or anything like that because I don't know where everybody is. I don't even know sometimes where I am. Hello. But what I want to do is, and I do this with myself, I start 
from the basics. I start from the beginning of things. And so I want to just define today what is a key. What is a key? A key means, is a key, wait a minute, let me back up, let me say that again. A key is means of gaining or preventing entrance. Well, that's basic, right? It's gaining or preventing in entrance, possession, or control. It's an instrumental, uh, an instrumental or deciding factor. A key is an instrumental or deciding factor. Now, see why I'm giving that definition? Because what we just read in Matthew 16 is talking about binding and loosening. And he's telling us what a key is. He's telling us how to use the keys. Find out what works in heaven. Find out what we do in heaven. And then you'll know what you can do on the earth. Find out what's not permitted in heaven, and you'll know what you can just totally arrest and not permit in your life. Doesn't that just make a million dollars of sense right there? Amen? So what we're doing is we're learning about keys. Now, uh, let's see. Where are we going to go next? I think we're going to go to... Oh, hold on. Oh, uh, let me mention this. Let me mention that the Bible talks of keys, the keys of, of Hades or hell, okay? Um, just going to mention some keys that this is not exclusive, but just some of the things that, that the Bible talks about uh, as keys. Um, keys of the house of David are mentioned. Um, keys to the bottomless pit. Um, and also just a thought is that we, we need keys all the time we have to be conscious of having them with us at all times I mean just in our natural trivial menial way of getting around just on the earth we have keys because like keys permit us entrance into our homes keys also stop entrances like what we were talking about. it prevents the possession or entrance of something so so we we want to think about how we use them on the earth and then we can also depict how we use them spiritually as well this is just um whatever you know we parallel a lot of times we'll parallel the natural with the supernatural and i think that's just a good way of being able to um lay it all out like I said check our dashboards okay now keys open the door to victory and to success um, first John chapter 5 verses 4 and 5 says whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that we have okay it says this is the victory that has overcome the world pause wait for it our faith 
Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. It's really his faith given to us, but nonetheless, it says, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That's who overcomes the world. Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, victory. This victory. What is the victory? Let's talk about that as well. Victory. Victory is, again, I'm just defining things that are basic and that are simple because I think it's important that we just, so we can all be on the same page while we're putting this together, while the Holy Spirit is dealing in us. So let's just, Holy Spirit, just minister to us in this. Let us be uh, open to uh, the elementary things. Let us be open, Lord, to, to allow you to put this puzzle together for us so that it will be easier on this path that you've put before us. Lord, you said that man makes his plans, but you make his path. And I just want to thank you for that, Father, and give you praise. Anyway, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like jittery-ish in my spirit right now. It's like a a churning or something. I just, I don't know, that happens sometimes. Uh, so the Lord must be on the move with somebody. Yeah, I just want to pray for peace in the name of Jesus. I just want to release peace everywhere my voice is and everywhere it's heard. Not because it's my voice, but because the words that are coming out of my mouth are just the words of the Lord. Peace be still, says the Lord. Peace be still in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. All right, so here we are. We're going to define victory. Victory is success in defeating an opponent or enemy. Victory is the act of defeating an opponent or an enemy. Now, why am I making a big deal out of this? Well, because... I think some people have a concern. They don't want to be overzealous. They don't want to seem like they're all warfare-minded. But you don't have to be warfare-minded to walk in victory because you're only walking in what God has given you to walk in. You're only being obedient to the Word. You're only doing what your Father does. And by talking about your victory, you're only saying what your Father does has already said. Amen? So, victory is the overcoming of an enemy or antagonist. Alright? Anybody can relate to that? Anybody ever had an antagonist in their lives that just tormented you in some fashion or another? Victory also means an achievement of of mastery. Now that's really important because when you're talking about strategies, you may not have in mind anyone. In fact, you probably shouldn't have a person in mind because really 
you know, we give the enemy, we give Satan too much credit. You know, whatever it is we're doing and dealing with, a lot of times we'll just put him right out there like, oh, he did that or, or I just got to get the devil off my back or whatever. You know, sometimes you just need to change your mind. You just need to course correct. He's not even, you know, part of the, the issue at all. Sometimes it's just what we think that needs to be changed. And so strategies can happen for a lot of reasons. Strategies, should, you should always be asking the Lord for strategies in your life. But I'm just saying that strategies don't always have to be um, exercised because there's somebody bugging you or bothering you, although it can mean that. But what, what we need to keep in mind is that strategies, or I should say victory, represents achievement of mastery or success in a struggle or endeavor against odds and difficulties. So victory, come on, let, let's, let's look at it like this. If, if Nike can take a Greek word and they can name a company victory and make a shoe like the shoe's going to give you victory well you know maybe it will when it fits real well and you can walk fast or run fast in it but what i'm saying is that's menial i'm saying let's let's wear nike in our on our spiritual feet let's you know let's wear nike in our armor uh so that we have this victory over what we think so that we have this this victory over uh over the things that have caused us to be antagonized. Um, who knows how long? Maybe all your life. Maybe only part of your life. I don't know. But let's, let's just wear victory like it was given to us. And that is as a, as a cloak from the Lord. And um, come on. He's the one that is high and lifted up. And we just want to emulate our Father right all right so there's that all right now something else I want to show you uh, let's see let me read this every God-begotten person conquers the world's way I'll say it again every God-begotten everyone born of the Lord conquers the world's way the conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith okay this is first john 5 again but this is from the message bible and it's put in a way um just in a different perspective so that you can you can see it clearly okay the conquering power that brings us or that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God. How about that? That's the person who wins out over the world's ways. It's the person who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen? Now, 
sometimes we get all caught up in multitasking and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm one of those people who has to multitask frequently. If I'm only doing one thing at a time, sometimes I just feel like I'm not being very efficient. But there's something that I've learned. There are times and there are some things that you need to just stop and evaluate with the Lord and let him direct you on how to perform certain tasks because certain tasks really require all of your effort. For instance, having devotion in the morning, spending time with the Father, that is a, I'm saying the word task only because it's something that you do daily. It's really a, a privilege. It's really a joy to do it. But what I'm saying is that particular action, it requires all of you. It really does. Um, I'm not saying that you can't do other things sometimes while you're spending time with the Lord. All I'm saying is he really deserves your entire complete attention. This isn't a game. This isn't something where, you know, it's like, okay, oh, I got to be with God. So I might as well accomplish something at the same time. No, let me tell you something. When you're visiting with God, you're accomplishing everything you need for your day and even for the, the, the days to come. When you give the Lord your entire attention and you respect him and honor him like that, he'll begin to work in you in a way you've never had him work in you before. You'll begin to see yourself differently like he sees you. You'll gain respect for him but you'll also gain more respect for yourself. And that's something, that's something that's going to bring uh, prosperity to your soul. It's going to give you ease. It's going to remove dis-ease out of your life. So I'm just saying, when you're spending time, this is just, this is a, a major example. When you're spending time with the Lord, don't juggle, don't multitask. It's better to give quality effort to one thing, one thing at a time, rather than do many things at once and lose the good quality toward those many things. That's why when I'm spending time with the Lord, I don't want to do a bunch of other stuff. I want my quality with him to be so wrapped up in him that I'm going to squeeze every bit of goodness that I can out of that visitation with him, out of that, um, out of that time that I'm spending. I, I, I have to scoot out and go to work or I have to, you know, make phone calls or I got to do laundry or whatever. I don't know. But while I'm with him... I want to absorb him. I want to assimilate. That's a word we're going to be using a lot, um, again, and, and um, refreshing ourselves with. I want to assimilate him. I want to be in him. I want him to be in me. I want him to assimilate me as well. Amen? All right. So what happens... If we don't control what's opened or closed, 
because you might be thinking, well, it's just not that important. I don't really have to pay that close attention, do I? Yeah, yeah, you do. I'll tell you what happens. We talked about it once. We said it once. And we'll say it again. You get stressed. If you don't control what's open and what's closed, if you're not applying the proper key to certain doors and giving boundaries to things in your life, then stress will lead you to believe everything has to be done immediately, you just get overworked, you just start like really over the edge about things and you find yourself becoming angry, you might be cranky because you are not being conscious of walking in faith and allowing faith to assure you that God has everything worked out in his perfect time, you see. So it's really vital that we have keys. Faith is one of the many keys to reaching our destination along the victorious journey. Now, I also want to use another word for faith, and that word is proof. Proof. Keep that word right right on the edge of your the forefront of your thinking right there because that's that's an important word to to toggle with the word faith let me define um i want to define what a trial is I, I i don't have it to put up i know that you know what trials are but i, I want to just give you a definition of a trial a trial is an action or a process of trying or putting to the proof. Okay? Let me let me say it again. A, a trial is the action or process of trying or putting to the proof. A trial puts things to proof, to the proof. Okay, I hope you see where I'm going with that. Sometimes trials come along because it's vitally important you put it to you put something to the proof what do you put to the proof well you put to the proof what god has said how do you do that by faith how do i know faith is that key well because i know i know this i know that faith brings our hopes into reality I know that faith becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. I know that faith is the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. I'm going to leave that there while I talk because I want you to soak that in. Faith is the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Why is that important? Because this world is made by the, everything that you see, everything that is, was spoken into what you see. It existed. The reality of this planet, 
the reality of the world, the reality of you, the reality of you was in God, and then he spoke you into existence. And so he wants us to understand that faith, because he is faith, faith brings our hopes into reality. If you have dreams or if you have hopes, just hopes of like getting through to tomorrow, and I'm not just talking about just surviving, I'm just talking about accomplishing goals, accomplishing um, dreams, accomplishing missions, as something that he's put in you, a call that you know you have to see through. Faith is what brings the hope of that into reality. That's what's so vital about faith. That's why I'm saying faith is such a key. Let me, let me talk about proof a little bit more, too. Let me talk about proof a little bit more. Uh, by the way, what I was just quoting was from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, um, talking about uh, faith being the evidence uh, that's required to prove what is still unseen. So let me take you to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, proof is vital. Faith is vital to the proof. Faith is necessary to prove anything. So you want to take count or take inventory. When you take inventory of yourself, you realize that the Lord is telling us to renew our minds so that we can be transformed, so that tomorrow will be somebody that we weren't today, so that you can prove what his good, acceptable, and perfect will is. Faith is the key. Faith is that key. My challenge to you is that you would make a list of what you um, need a key for. I think it's important that we would just sit and list things that we would need keys for, spiritually speaking. And you can make a list of a list of what you need keys for in your in your in your household or in your your um, your you know your daily outward living of course that's not a big deal uh, to do that either but I, I just want to challenge you to make a list of of what you might need a key for spiritually speaking because we need to have these keys these keys are what open doors the Lord talks about doors we'll we'll talk about doors too but but in talking about keys here here's a small list okay it's not um, uh, this is things that keys include or I should see other keys that are included besides faith but it's not exclusive but other things that are keys are the word the word of God is a key the word of God opens my mind um, the presence of God 
The presence of God is a key for me. It's a vital key for me to open a door to get into victory for my day. Knowledge. Knowing what God's will is. Knowing what God wants. Knowing anything. It, we talked about uh, John chapter 8 that says knowing the truth makes us free. That's a key. Knowing God's truth is a key. All right? Wisdom. Having wisdom. Infinite wisdom. The infinite wisdom of God. Why do I want that? Because wisdom is, is the beginning of the success. Wisdom is the beginning of knowing him. Respecting him is a key. Honoring him and fearing him, not in a scary fear way, but fearing him in an ultimate reverent way, that's a key. That's a key to wisdom. It's a key to open the door to get wisdom, you see? And then once I'm there and wisdom begins to make its appearance and, and show up in me and around me and, and in my life, then that key opens another door. You see, we have to identify keys because you don't want to be standing in a door you want to get through and not be able to open it. You need the key to get through the door. That's the whole point. You want to have keys. You want a full, you just want to just load up your keychain. We'll talk about what a keychain is and, and what that keychain uh, is, is made of. Um, and so that's just another thing that we're going to get to. Uh, probably not today, but anyway, just mention a couple of more keys. Um, the authority of a believer. Your authority as a believer, that's a key. Your trust in God, that's a key. Self-control, which is a fruit, but it's also a key. Um, and again, I mentioned that there are keys to death. There are keys to hell. There are keys to the grave. And Jesus got those keys. So if he has those keys and he's giving us ability to use those keys so we can get in and out of place. That means that we can not only walk through things, but we can also lock them up. So we don't have to tolerate the wages of sin, you see. The wages of sin are death. Well, there's a key to that. There's a key to death. There's a key to learning how to stop death from infiltrating you. And faith is that key. So I hope, I hope I'm getting this point. I feel like I'm not explaining this good enough so that, that you can have the same picture in your head that I have in mine. I want to read a, another text to you and oh, hang on how did I do that okay here I go I'm just uh, working through my my slides here so bear with me um, here it is okay Here's the next slide I want to put up for you. 
Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is Jesus talking. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone heeds my voice and listens, if anyone hears and listens and uh, listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I will come in to him. I said that slow on purpose. And I will eat with him and he will eat with me. The Lord wants to be so close and intimate with us. He wants to be able to come in and to have your exclusive attention. Remember, we we're talking about multitasking and how sometimes we just do too many things at one time. And when we're visiting with the Lord, it's just a good idea sometimes to spend, even if it's less time with him, spend the time with more quality than quantity. Because if you're multitasking, which I've done, I totally get it. Man, I totally know. I've spent time multitasking and wanting to just sort of like be along with the Lord through all of that. And, I, and I've ended up not really getting my satisfaction of his presence. Just being around him isn't enough because I'm thirsty for his word. I'm thirsty for his company. And I need more. And so sometimes I have to... That, that time that I spend with him every day gives me assurance that I can go through the rest of the day and actually remain victorious in the journey. That, that time, that whatever brief or long moment that I am with him, that's what regenerates my faith. That's why I read Romans 12, because I don't want to be like the world. I want my thinking to have a reset and a course correction every day. I'm flying. You see, I'm, I, I picture myself as a pilot, and I'm flying. And wherever I'm headed toward his will, sometimes things come and, and bump. Wind affects my, my flight course. And when the wind comes, whoosh, it'll just blow through and sometimes knock me off course. And, and that's, that wind could be a circumstance or like it was out on the ocean when they were in a boat and everybody thought they were going to die. The wind at that particular time, that was um, darkness. That was the working of iniquity. That was demonic. Because when Jesus got up out of the boat, when they woke him up, and he stood out there, it says he rebuked the wind. The winds, I should say, plural. He corrected 
and he rebuked and took authority over the winds. You see, when winds come and they bump you and they make you think that, you know, they can control where you're going, they can't. You have dominion over the wind. You need to say, peace. Be still. Just stop. I arrest you, wind, in Jesus' name. You're not going to bump me off my course. I'm going to continue to change what I'm thinking. I'm going to continue to renew my mind. I'm going to continue to course correct every time. And the reason why I could do that is because I'm looking at the dashboard all the time. I'm not going to take my eyes off the dash. If you were flying a big, you know, jumbo jet or something, and you had like, I don't know what they carry, but let's just say 500 people. You're, you're a pilot of a big jumbo jet, and you're flying 500 people. Are you going to take your mind and your thoughts and your eyes off of those in, that instrument panel? No. You're going to watch that panel. In fact, you're not just going to watch it. You're going to have help watching it. You're going to have a co-pilot. You're going to have somebody right next to you doing the same thing, watching and observing, because you don't want to be knocked off course. You have 500 people that are with you, and they need to get to where they're going, and you have taken the responsibility to get them there. Well, this isn't any different. This isn't any different than that. You see, you have people in your life that you give light to. You have people in your life that, that count on your smile, people that count on your hugs, people that count on sound instruction and sound advice. Now, I know we're not perfect, and I know we make mistakes, and we, make, we have errors, and we can disappoint. In fact, I know we can disappoint. I know I've disappointed people, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. So it's more important to me to continue to course correct. It's more important to me to transform my thinking every day. The word repent is, is really the word that's applicable because repent means to course correct. And so I want to be aware of repentance on a daily basis. I want to change things regularly over the course of my journey because I don't want to end up somewhere else and people are like listening to me or, or I'm influencing somebody's life and their course changes because mine was off. I mean, come on, you're a pilot of one or a pilot of a million. I don't know. All of us fly for Jesus. If you're born again and, and you're walking, you're like what this says, we're, the, our victory is what we believe. Our victory is because we believe that Jesus is our Savior. That's our victory. It's what we believe he's done. So be aware of who's on your flight. And understand that when you look at that instrument panel, you're not just doing it for yourself. You're, you're, you're looking at your gauges 
and you're checking out where you are at all times because you're aware of the people that are on the same flight as you, at least a parallel flight, okay? And you don't want to take them somewhere they don't want to go. So your witness is really important. What you say, what you do, will affect every living creature around you. And I know I've said it before, but I'm saying this to myself. I don't want to be a basket head. I don't want people to, what, what do I mean by that? I don't want to cover the light with a basket. I'm a city set on a hill, okay? I'm a light. I don't want to cover that up. I want to have the exposure necessary for the people that God has sent in my path and put on this flight so that I can pilot my flight as they watch or as they come along and go where I'm supposed to go because it will help their flight, you see. So what I do is really important and I... I know other people's flights are important, and I see other people's flights, but really the only flight that I need to be concerned of, about is, is, is really my own. It's really my own flight. So I want to make sure that I collect all of the keys necessary and, and that I hold them for the victory on this journey. This is a victorious journey. And I don't want to get to a door and fumble around looking for the right key or trying to figure out how to get in this door because I wasn't prepared. Whenever you're going to go to unlock a door, you got to make sure you take the key with you, right? So just keep this in mind today. Whatever doors you need opened or whatever doors you need shut, just talk to the Lord about the keys and ask him to show you what those keys are so that you can lock a door and that you can unlock a door, whatever it is. He has many things for us and ways to go, and uh, he just wants it to be a faith journey. So let's, let's agree together that we're going to have a faith journey together. Amen? Let's have a faith journey with Jesus. All right. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for uh, everything that that you contribute in terms of, of um, just knowing that you're there, knowing that you're, and, and if you haven't uh, signed in or you haven't said, hey, watching or something, just let us know you're there and let us know where you're from when you watch, um, if, if you can, and just, just tell us if you have any kind of prayer requests that you want to send in, you know, we, you can go to New Beginnings Fellowship of Faith on Facebook and, and, and you can uh, request to be prayed for or if you have a praise report you know let me know if you're if you're part of this this fellowship and and you want the church to know something just get a hold of me you know how if you are let me know or again facebook uh, but anyway thanks for being with us i just want to say i love everybody i miss everybody's hugs and smiles and i'll be looking forward to seeing you real soon oh and by the way if anybody is interested in a Zoom meeting, let me know uh, what times are best in the evening or whatever. But I want to have a, a little Zoom meeting get together so we can see each other and, and just uh, 
have a little fellowship uh, on our laptops, our phones, or our iPads, or whatever. All right. God bless you. God be with you and empower you in your day. Amen.